The Boys of Tech with Edwin Herman, Brett King, Cameron Colley and Alec Doughty. This episode is sponsored by Mosey Pro for Business. indeed everyone welcome along this is episode 152 of the boys of tech for tuesday the 7th of february 2011 and it's a tuesday because here in new zealand monday it was a holiday so i'd like to welcome the uh, the panel i'm edwin herman i'm joined first of all by brett king welcome along howdy and how are you this week pretty good and how was your three-day weekend three-day weekend was quite good. I slept for quite a lot of it and enjoyed it. And yeah. Well, what are Monday public holidays for, eh? Sleeping in. Well, finally we get it. Last year we didn't get Waitangi Day on a, on a Monday, so we missed out on so many yes, Monday holidays last well, year. Uh, two or three. Two or three, I think. Yeah, three. Three, Because yeah. two of them occurred on a weekend and one clashed with Easter. So we missed yeah. out on three public holidays last year. Let's see how public holidays are going in Australia because joining us on the panel, we have from Drinkle.com in Brisbane, Alec Doughty. How are you doing, guys? We're great. And how Good are to you? Hear. And how are you? Have you got all your public holidays happening this year? Or are you... I, I think they're still scheduled, yes. So you're not going to get short They haven't been cancelled. No. <laughs> <laughs> Australia does have that thing where if a public holiday that is only a public holiday if it falls on a Monday, falls on a weekend, they quite often just say that the Monday is a public holiday anyway. Exactly. It's what they did last time. Well, because one of yeah. the ones we missed really? was Anzac Day, wasn't it, last year? And Australia just decided that since Anzac Day was on the weekend, they'd have Monday off as well. We but, do that with Christmas and New Year as well. So if Christmas or New Year fall on the weekend, then the Monday is what we have off. Yeah, no, we do that as well. And Boxing Day and the day after New Year as well, we do that for. But, yeah. yeah, no, but, it's pretty much every, like every public Day. holiday. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, see, that'd be nice. Because I'm pretty sure, because wasn't there a, like, quite a lot of news stories about the fact that we weren't getting the Monday off, but Australia was. That's right. Yeah, you Monday Mondayized Anzac Day. Yeah, that's right. And a lot of people listening to this are outside the the sort of austral zone, so they won't understand what Waitangi Day is and Anzac Day. <laughs> but I tell you what, you, we can Why are you having Wikipedia. Biscuit Day? <laughs> yeah, it's Anzac oh, Biscuit Day. They won't even know that those are biscuits. Yeah, actually, that's true. And, and remember, and actually, they're not even... Can you? They're cookies in the states as well. So yeah. yes. <laughs> oh man, this is going to get so. I'm surprised that so many people from so many nations listen to us. I'm surprised anyone can actually understand us because there's so many differences in, in the English is spoken all around the world. Yeah. Anyway, let's uh, just look ahead at what's in this week's stories. We have Mega Uploads plans to go legal. WikiLeaks is considering moving its servers offshore, and hackers are also selling space on hacked websites. This and much more in just a moment, but first of all, a reminder that we're sponsored by Mosey Pro. And something I'd like to get you to think about is about running a successful business. Now, there's a lot of things you've got to get right if you're in business, uh, like such as hiring good people, but one thing that's often overlooked is protecting the data that powers your business. And data is key. Even something as innocent as a spilled drink or leaving your laptop in the backseat of a taxi can spell data loss. 
Yeah, and 32% of data loss is caused by human error. So it's us, it's people that do it, like spilling out drinks. I think, Brett, you almost spilled your drink whilst we were doing the show once. <laughs> so I remember talking about the bubbly and fizzy sounds coming through the mic. In fact, I should dig that clip out. I'll tell you what, I might even do that and put it in the bloopers at the end. <laughs> How's that? I'm sure that was when somebody made me laugh while I was drinking. I think it was at the beginning of the show or something. You're laughing so hard while you're drinking that you just snort the the, the liquid goes out of your nose and on onto your computer. <laughs> Indeed, and, and then you, you cook your laptop, and then you've got Indeed, and, and, and then gone. it's just all tears. Yeah, I know. All tears, both because of the fizzy coming through your nose and because you've got a dead computer. <laughs> And, yeah, And you know what, though? The sad part of this is that 50% of businesses that find themselves like that without any data management for 10 days or more, what happens to them? They file for... Who's going to win the prize? Bankruptcy! Yay! You win! And that's a very sad statistic. Isn't it? It is. So I want to tell you about our friends at Mosey, the most trusted name in online backup. They back up Windows PCs and Macs, servers and desktops alike, for over 70,000 organizations, uh, small businesses to large corporations like GE, Starwood Hotels, Accenture, Subway, restaurants, you name it. And Mosey Pro is also the backup online solution for nonprofits and educational institutions like, for example, Stanford University, Yale School of Management, and more. And you should be using Mosey Pro as well to back up your data. Let me just tell you about Tina. Now, Tina is a partner in a law firm, and she loves Mosey Pro. She says, I have endless amounts of data to manage, so it's essential to have a simple backup solution. Mosey Pro doesn't take up more of my time, but instead makes my job easier. Tina's firm used to only have an on-site backup solution, but has since added Mosey Pro to ensure that nothing is unprotected. Now, I think that's a very, very wise decision. So if you're not backing up your business data with Mosey Pro, here's a reason to consider why you should. Mosey Pro is easy to set up and use. It saves you time and costs up to 80% less than other solutions, giving you peace of mind and eliminating the hassle of backing up your data. Now to me... That sounds like as good a reason as any to get Mosey Pro. Indeed, a set and forget. Absolutely, set and forget, who wouldn't want that? So listen, if your business is not backed up with Mosey Pro, you really need to make sure it is. Give our friends at Mosey a call. They've been doing this a long time and they run the most secure, most trusted online backup solution. And right now you can save, yes, that's right, you can save 15% just by using the promo code PODCAST15 when you sign up. Give them a call now, 877-666-9976. That's a US number, 877-669-9776. Or visit moseypro.com. That's M-O-Z-Y pro.com. All right, so launching into our first story this week. Yeah, it's the, the .com, Kim.com story with Mega Upload. Now, mm. apparently what's surfaced in the news is, just in the week just gone, is that they had some plans to go legal, didn't they? This is why the industry chose now to get them, because they're about to go legit. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I think you're, once again, Ed, you're, you're um, blowing things out of proportion. They're not deciding to go legit. They were about to launch or they had plans to launch a new music, a new legal music sharing site. Because you've got to remember that megaupload.com is just one 
fraction of the mega series of sites that .com and his backers operated. They operated a whole heap of sites under the mega banner. They had mega upload, which was their file sharing site. They had mega video, which was their site for doing sort of stuff like YouTube did for sharing videos content. They had a one for music. They had one for pornography. And what they were talking about here, this legitimate music delivery service was going to be called Megabox. And it really impressed quite a few people. And they had tested this idea with a whole heap of some big name listed partners. What they were going to be delivering was a way for the artists themselves to directly sell their music to the consumers. And bypassing so the, the big labels, which is probably what, going labels, back to Elle's comment. Any middle man. Well, and going back to Elle's comment, maybe that's why now was the time to take them yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. Bingo. I, I think, I think <laughs> this was the big time that those labels decided that now was the time we need to get them because if they bring this out, then they're cutting us out. Why are we just being too cynical? Artists being- can directly, I don't think we're being too cynical. We're talking no, about I think right we're being just MP cynical AA. enough. Yeah. We're talking about big lobby groups that were seeing a service that was going to ditch them as middlemen. They would be no longer needed to facilitate a transaction between an artist and a consumer if you had services like this, which allowed the artist to directly sell to consumers. And not only was it allowing you to directly sell to consumers, .com and his lot had ideas in this to actually pay royalties to artists for allowing their content to be downloaded free as well. Yeah, so that the artist offers the song for free, they still get paid. Yeah, they still get paid out of the advertising revenue that would come up from the the web pages and this and that. The reason I suggested are we being cynical is because there are many sites like that already. In fact, most, like iTunes, you as an, if you want to sing a song and record it, you can upload it to iTunes you know, you sign you sign up through the partner program and provide yeah, it, and you sell I, I direct. Think what what was the biggest impressor is possibly how the different how the monetary sharing was going to work for this because you got to remember services that already exist do take a big chunk, not yeah, as much as going through a third party or through the major labels, but they still do, and it's quite possible that the plan that .com and his group were coming out with was going to give a larger piece of the pie, but it also gives a piece of the pie for allowing stuff to be downloaded for free as well. So they had obviously put some more thought into the background and how that plan was going to work. I think another point is that iTunes and Amazon and services like that aren't in the business of disenfranchising those middlemen. They're in bed with those record labels and everything. They're, Indeed, because it's big, a lot of the record big money deals. Yeah. It's those record labels that are providing their artists tracks for sale. Yeah, yeah but they've got a whole heap of, and there's 2,000 uh, iTunes, for example, has well, yeah, 2,000 indie that. labels. Yeah. But, oh, but there's still labels, I suppose. Yeah, there's exactly. still labels. Yeah, true. Although artists can go direct, but yeah, I see what you're yeah. saying. Oh, yeah. I don't know. It's kind of hard to understand that whether that is really is the reason, but maybe it's part of it. Who, well, who knows? It, it impressed oh, it's, it's, it's fun putting on the tilt tinfoil hat. Yeah. I think you could read this in any way. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, look, it's, it's all speculation, yeah. isn't it? But in, in yeah. any event, it is interesting to learn that they wanted to launch a legitimate music business, an online music Absolutely. business. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is a shame. It probably won't ever see light. Well, it depends on whether or not they 
pass that plan, that idea on to somebody else. Yeah, but it's obviously more than a plan as well. It's it's deals, negotiations, that kind of thing, and that just oh, that, and they can't always. They be... might still do it because yeah, with the amount of resources that these guys have combined, mm. they could put up a serious fight. And so, I was reading something where there's the speculation is that this will never actually go to court; it will be settled outside. You think? No, yeah. I think they'll take this all the all the way to court. They'll string. Kim.com up by the by his ankles as an I'll example. Try to. Well, it'll all boil down really to what but is the main part, the, the main side. part of their charges against them are the copyright things. And what they've got to get extradition is they've tacked on racketeering and money laundering on top of that. Yeah, see, this is what, you know, I, I noticed that as well. Now, I've had a lot of conversations with uh, and, and debates uh, with, with colleagues and stuff over this whole extradition thing. I mean, I wouldn't imagine that copyright itself is something that's an extraditable offence. No, so, it's, it's not. It's certainly not a money, of extraditable offences. But man, money laundering is, and I noticed that that was right from day one. Uh, that was in the, the list of charges. Yeah, and, yeah. And I, is, so the question is, are they using that charge just so they can extradite him, but really yeah. they want him on copyright charges, or yeah. is that really also just as big a deal? No, no, it's the copyright. Everything that you read about what they're charging and what they want them for, all that sort of stuff, all focuses on the copyright. The copyright is the big issue here. Yeah, is that not just the, the money laundering and the racketeering are the parts they've put onto it to incorporate into it so that they can then get them out of the country. The you can't extradite to extradite. Yeah, you yeah, can't well, extradite. We don't. We don't. not in the extradition list. It's not. It's been reported many times that it's not in the extradition list. But money laundering, as you said, money laundering is. Who wants to take bets on how long this case will last? Oh, it'll go on for ages. Yeah, I'm willing to bet. Dotcom and his group have a lot of money to throw behind this. They can it'll, draw it out. It'll still be going on in 2014. You are you serious when you say that, or that tongue yeah. in cheek? No, I'm I'm being serious. Really? It would not surprise me. It would not surprise yeah. me if it draws yeah. on just like, just like the case against Julian, Julian Assange, exactly, and his oh, extradition. Yes, yeah. He's drawn out, drawn out, drawn out. Appeal, appeal, counter appeal. Yeah. Mm, you, you may well be right. We should do a sweepstakes. What else? <laughs> WikiLeaks are looking to move their servers offshore somewhere that's. Not in any country. Uh, International waters. International waters. WikiLeaks have had ideas for moving their stuff offshore for ages because it's a big community sort of thing. They've had ideas around for like using blimps so that they can float it above the weather out in international waters, using boats or barges to put it in international waters. There was even once talk about purchasing... um, the Sealand, sea yeah. The, the Sealand. The Principality um, of Sealand. That's right, yeah. yep. Purchasing That's my favourite little non-existent Prince country. <laughs> <laughs> so that they could put their stuff there. But, but, uh, but unless they are there, it makes no difference. Mm. Well, you, then it's about I, properly anonymising their people. But then they've got public faces of WikiLeaks. Look, the only yeah. thing it will do is this. If it requires the seizure of servers to identify people or to identify they won't be able to do it. Yeah, then it'll be, well, it'll be a lot more difficult, let's put it that way. I mean, let's not kill ourselves. I'm, I'm sure they... The US they wouldn't have been have able to get Kim.com if his service had not been in the US. Yeah. So if Kim.com servers had been on a big ship in the middle of international water, he'd still be 
sipping Mai Tais. Precisely. The whole point of that jurisdiction yeah, but is hang on. the fact that that stuff but, occurred yes, in the country. But you're also forgetting that he is a New Zealand resident. And as a New Zealand resident, he could be prosecuted here. So it would just take a whisper in, in the New Zealand government's ear from the US or from the rights owners, I should say. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah, but they wouldn't want him to be prosecuted here because our laws for copyright infringement are significantly more liberal. Yeah. Yeah. And well, the amount of yeah. money they'd get out of them yes, would uh, yeah. be a, you know, a atom-sized grain of sand at the bottom of the bucket that they will get if it's prosecuted. No, you, you're absolutely right. The, the point US. I'm trying, the reason I'm saying this is that wherever you are, I guess not every country, but in, in most countries have copyright laws. It doesn't matter where the material is. Well, yeah, but that's is. not what WikiLeaks is being done about. No, that's right. It's not why they're wanting to move their servers. They're wanting to move their servers From off. stolen data. Yeah, because that way they can, pr- sure, you can still get individual people, possibly, if you can really say that they are the ones who got it. And when, if, when most of these WikiLeaks data is put onto the server anonymously through anonymous uploads available on the website, then all of the transaction about that data will occur on these servers that are in non-jurisdiction area. Yeah, yeah. So well, that, that's you couldn't get that's, any people who are related that, to WikiLeaks because what would you be getting them for? No, you're we're right. Because you are employed by WikiLeaks, so we're we're going to arrest you. Well, that would be the same as going, oh, look, you're an American employed by the army, so we're going to arrest you because some other members of your army have done some really bad things and are no, being no, prosecuted. No, you, you're right. But, what, <laughs> but what I'm saying is that if I upload something to WikiLeaks, I'm still liable to be, even if Wiki, the WikiLeaks servers are in Sealand or some other place that's not on any the point jurisdiction, of uploads, I can still be the prosecuted. Are, are anonymous. Well, how anonymous is the question? Is anything really that anonymous? Well, well anon- the anonymous to the US actually gets their the hands servers. on the servers. Yeah. So you could, the whole point of it is to stop people from being able to get their hands on the servers, to get hold of any sort of tracking information that may or may not be stored by WikiLeaks. That's their ideas for getting WikiLeaks servers out of there. Currently, so this whole, currently- you can still go after the WikiLeaks runners is is irrelevant because they don't know the information if it's stored on the servers. Currently, the servers are based in Sweden and Iceland and a few other locations as well. Yeah. All right. So that's WikiLeaks. I don't know what we're going to get out of that, but that was the story. Well, they've got a huge, the reason they haven't done it so far is there are some really big boundaries to cross to get stuff into a international area into you know a place with no jurisdiction bandwidth for one yeah one is bandwidth for instance sealand only has a radio link to the uk that is their only connection to the to the internet how are you going to get your barge or your blimp connected to the internet it's either going to be satellite or it's going to be radio link so unless you're going to put out a big fat pipe lay some cable to your barge or have a big cable coming out of the sea and going up to a blimp, you're not going to get super bandwidth. (laughs) Then you also come into the fact that a barge is affected by the weather, so is a blimp. All these things have so many hurdles to jump over to to fulfill that ideal of getting it out into international waters away from any country's jurisdiction. So what you're saying is easier said than done. 
Easier Indeed. said than done. But the push to do that could well lead to some really great advances in technology for secure bandwidth, better st- stable boats or blimps. Some, some really great leaps in technology could occur from them putting money and putting effort into establishing a way to get secure internet servers in international waters. Yeah, I totally agree. So some fun things could come out of the, the attempt. Let's hope so. Let's hope Indeed. so. Now, the other story that's uh, kind of following a similar theme, really, hackers are putting height, and, and I, I know WikiLeaks isn't about hackers, but it, it kind of follows the same sort of theme of... I think WikiLeaks stolen. has a sort of hacker aesthetic to it. It, it does. I, I'm, trying well, to, it's, I'm trying to draw the link, but... Uh, there, there's something. I think it's the, that, the freedom that hackers enjoy is exactly. what WikiLeaks yeah. entails. Yeah, that's and that's that freedom yeah. of information. And a lot yeah. of hackers out there are about freedom of information. But the hackers that we're about to talk about, they're not about freedom of information. They're about make me money. That's exactly right. So These what are, are doing- the money-making hackers, not the... So these are the black hats. Yes. That's right. So what they've done now is they've set up a, an online store pretty much for people who want to buy space or rather page views on a hijacked website. So mm. the idea is... So they can if embed I wanna, different ad stuff. That's right. So if I want to embed something nasty or, or some, some ads or something on a site that's been hacked, I can just go to this place and purchase per thousand views. What I found interesting though, I don't know if you guys picked up on this, was... You can, uh, <laughs> the prices vary. It's $4 per thousand views, but if you want to go to uh, country specific, it's $12 per thousand US visitors, only $8 per thousand Australians, but $16 per every thousand Austrians. So does that so, mean that Austrians are really gullible and that Australians are That aren't? does sound like Austrians are really gullible, then it's Americans, and then yeah, it's Australians, Australians. <laughs> and then it's everybody else. Well, we don't know how. Well, I didn't. We don't well, know. Well, the what, generic is four dollars. So no, no, that's non-country specific, which would include U.S. Australians and and, and Austrians. Mm. Um, I don't know what the other countries uh, specific uh, costs are. They haven't published them. But I thought that was kind of weird how there's different rates for different countries. Or what it's actually telling you is that it's easier to hack into Australian stuff, which is why it's only eight dollars per every thousand. It's harder to hack into US stuff, which is why it's $12. And it's really hard to hack into Austrian stuff because it's $16. Wow. That's another way of looking at it. I hadn't thought of that. Mm. So you're either looking at it as a, we're going to charge you more for letting you into an audience who's more likely to click on your stuff, or we're charging you more because it's actually harder to get something in that place. That makes so, more sense. I so think. it could be either. <laughs> you could have just accepted that Australians aren't as gullible, Al. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not true. Most of them are. <laughs> oh, oh, look, well, your, your, fellow countrymen aren't gonna like, <laughs> your fellow countrymen aren't going to like that comment. There's been uh, one case where a house was sold fraudulently over the internet. Really? Yeah. Those are big stakes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Now, on to our next story. The theft of some items in a popular online game have landed the perpetrators a real-life court sentence. Well, once again, it's uh, lots of people probably have seen this in the news, and it's always been reported as online theft leads to real-life conviction, when in actuality the, the real crux of this case is that this the two perpetrators of this crime met up 
physically, in reality, with the, with the victim, threatened him with a knife, got him to log on to his game account, drop some items so that one of their associates could pick those items up. And that is the real crux of this. There was a violent yeah. physical assault which coerced this person into dropping some items to pass it on. That is the core part of, yeah, you, of yeah, this case. The fact that right. they were virtual items in a game is, is kind of, it's, it's immaterial to the actual crux of the thing, but it's the thing which has caught everybody's attention because they've, you know, depending on how you sell it, it could sound like, you know, I'm in the game and I smack you around and steal your stuff and then you get call the cops and have them come around and arrest me. That's not really the case here. Yeah. I, I physically went over to your house, threatened you with a knife and made you give me items in a game. <laughs> yeah, I know. You're absolutely right. There was a real world component Crime. of this. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And, you know, assaulting someone beating them up, kicking them, and threatening them with a knife is, is yeah. kind of where the crime took place. Yeah, it, it and that's, ca- the, that's the part that's gotten these people in actual so trouble. So here's, yeah. here's the question then. If this was purely online, if, if someone... I don't know quite how you would steal something online. Uh, it has to be a facility of the game. For it to be an actual crime online, the game itself has to facilitate it. But so it wouldn't be a crime. It's actually part of the game. Yeah, play. it makes it actually part of the game. So therefore it wouldn't be a crime. No, exactly. it would be a crime because it'd be part of the thing of playing that game. And there are quite a few games which offer a hardcore mode where you can get player killed and have your stuff stolen. Or in some cases, you get player killed and all of your stuff goes away because you've died. So in this case, what was, it, what was the game? Was it RuneScape, was it? Yeah, RuneScape. Who's played that? Uh, I played it uh, several years ago. What about you, Al? No, I haven't. I'm looking at, I'm not a gamer, I've said this 101 times on the show before. I'm looking at the screenshot though, and, and it looks kind of, I don't know, kind of interesting. Mm. It's a, a, your standard sort of isometric view role-playing game. Yeah, the graphics look like it's from, from like eight or nine years ago. Well, yeah, it's a browser-based game. You can yeah. play it through the browser. Oh, is it oh, browser-based? Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. RuneScape's, RuneScape's browser-based. Well, they might have a separate client for it now, but as well, I say, it, it, it didn't quite start a, quite a as browser-based, does it? Yeah, it started browser-based. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Well, considering it's browser-based, then I would say it's got quite good graphics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, you, now you really now you want to play? No, I wouldn't say that. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> no, Skyrim still is, is is demanding all of my attention. Oh, Brett, you're the same, <laughs> aren't you? We were talking about that the other day. Yeah, well, I've given Skyrim a, a break because I've currently finished everything. So I'm waiting well, for Well, I've come off a four-week break from Skyrim. You guys should team up. I'm currently playing X. It's, it's one single player. Skyrim? We, yeah. yeah. Skyrim is a single player. No multiplayer component to it. I thought it was an on- online thing. No. no. No, you play it through Steam, but it's a single player game. So that you're not playing online with others? No. Nope. Oh. No, that's not what's going on. I thought those sorts of games just weren't appealing anymore. No. No, when they're done right. Uh, Skyrim is Skyrim is a shoe-in for best game of 2011. I was going to say best game ever. Quite possibly best game of the decade. You're just out of touch with games, Ed. I'll tell you what I don't like then. Here's one thing I don't like in games, and I just discovered this. Over the weekend, actually, I downloaded a game from the App Store that said, you know, free for a limited time. I thought, oh, this, this is quite interesting. It's a first-person shooter. It's called Red Crucible 2. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I downloaded it and I thought, oh, okay, we'll see how this goes. I mean, this was free, nothing to lose. And the graphics, I must say, aren't really up to scratch compared to another first-person shooter game I, I downloaded, which is uh, Modern Combat... Domination. Domination, that's the one. But, you know, I thought, you know, well, for free, what's there to worry? The thing is, here's the model. It's free, but you have to make real-world payments for anything. So you want a better weapons or you want more ammunition... You have to in-game pay for game purchases. Yep. Yeah, in-game you, purchases you know are they huge. Me. They lost App me. App store stuff is all about in-game purchases. They lost me completely. I'll tell you why. Because there you're shifting the balance here where a lot of the weight now on winning is to do with how much money you have and less to do with how much yep. skill you have. And uh, that to me completely the, loses the cheap my way interest. of making money on these things is to create a free game that, yeah, to get anywhere requires you to purchase stuff in-game with real money. The See, I, I best where, way to do I, it is to provide a facility where effort in the game will get you the same results as purchasing stuff in the game, but purchasing it gets you it quicker. It just shortcuts it. Yeah. Shortcuts, yeah. yeah. Or the other but thing. The always, other- when you have the facility of buying stuff with real cash in a game, you're going to unbalance it for those who don't. Those yeah. who don't will, in best case scenario, have to put in a lot more effort. Uh, in worst case scenario, are always on the back foot. That's right. Yeah. The, the other thing that I don't mind is if they allow you to purchase new maps and, and only those who have you know, purchased those maps can play in them. That's mm, fine. Exactly. That's fine too. That's yeah, yeah. That's yeah. right. That, that that's downloadable downloadable content as opposed to in-game purchases. I think there's a fine line that, that differentiates the two. Yeah, yeah. One is like enhancing your actual gameplay with additional maps or, or a non-player character that you can interact with or, or stuff like that. Oh yeah, your stuff you, which you, has you no in-game relevance, sort of like yeah. armor that looks prettier but yeah. has no better armor value or anything like exactly. that. Exactly. Or armor that you start off with in the game that after you hit level five, you've got better armor than that anyway. Yeah. And as opposed to what then, L? As opposed to just in-game purchases, which is like buying an awesome sword or or a great gun or whatever, which which actually shortcuts and creates an inequality within the game. So you have the, the kid who has their father's credit card who logs onto the game for the very first time, purchases the super weapon, and then blows away the person who's been playing the game for four weeks. Yeah, see, it's to me, it's the inequality there that I don't like. Yeah. I don't mind shortcuts. Yeah. If someone wants yeah. to pay X amount of dollars and then save themselves three weeks of gameplay, fine, that's all good. So long as, for me anyway, to keep hold my interest, so long as no players are advantaged other than by their own skill. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. Well, we're in agreement. Mm. Wow. That's got to be a first. Well, all no, three no, of us we'll agree. agree. We've, we've agreed on many things before. No, we haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I had to say that. Of course you hey, did. Let's cover our last story then. A couple of new firms are popping up. Uh, they're music licensing firms and they're targeting the sort of smaller projects. So say you want to... I don't know, compile together a, a DVD of your mate's wedding or something, and you want to use some commercial music. How do you do it right now? Well, you, it's it's kind of complicated. You can do it, but it's complicated. Yeah, it's quite complicated. So these, these two startups are targeting exactly that market. It's going to be easy just to go, okay, here's the song I want to use, click, uh, um, make my payment, and I'm covered, and away I go. Yeah. I think it's a great idea. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's really nice to see 
people filling these gaps because for a long time, you know, like I say, it ha- it, you can do it. Now, I've li- here in New Zealand, for example, uh, if you go to Rianz, R-I-A-N-Z.org.nz, you mm-hmm. can look there and there's all sorts of licenses you can purchase for different uses, uh, whatnot, for compiling you know, videos together and whatnot. So you, yep. you, you can do it. It's just kind of convoluted. So these guys are making this nice and easy where anyone, like just individuals even, can just go mm. and make their payment and use the music in whatever method was agreed. Yep. Yeah, this and this is similar to uh, like iStock Photo or any of those uh, photo licensing or video licensing services that are out there at the moment. So I, I think this yeah. is great. It means we've got all of the media covered. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think it's great. And the fact that these two startups, they're not like little guys with only a handful of independent artists' music titles under them. We're talking one which has a lot of stuff from Sony Music and several independents, media places and the other as one well. has EMI. And, yeah, yeah, and the other one has EMI. So the first one you talked about is Q Songs, and it's backed by Peter Gabriel. Yeah. Hmm. And the other one's Rykel Express. So look out for those. If you're, if you're interested in uh, licensing some music, for your project and, you know, so, so you're covered, so you're not going to get mm-hmm. busted. Yep. And you, so you're not going to get your mansion raided. <laughs> <laughs> Go check out Q Songs or Rykel Express. And, folks, that is episode 152. Woohoo! Woo-hoo. We've done Yay. it. All right. So, Brett, thank you very much for co-hosting the show with me. Not a problem. And, Al, also thank you for co-hosting the show as well. A pleasure as always. Excellent. That is it. See you all again next week. This was episode 152 of New Zealand's longest running tech podcast. See you all again next week, everyone. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. As usual, my co-host joins me over Skype. Welcome along, Brett King. Howdy. Brett, you've got something bubbling up on your desk you were telling me earlier. Yeah, a, a long forgotten drink. Oh, have you fi- have you fixed all that because... Yes, I have. Oh, great. We don't want any of that fizzing coming through the mic. <laughs>